the dark side of TikTok, the flu vaccine, and COVID, and a whole lot more on today's episode of the Random Thoughts Podcast. And welcome to episode number 176 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B Thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. And on today's show, we've got a story that harkens back to everything we've been talking about here on the dark side of social media. Have an interesting story, I think, about the flu shot and COVID-19. And I'm sure we'll go off the rails a few times as well. But I was just a little late here with the recording because, as I talked about in the last episode, about contacting companies to get a better rate on things, I was talking to my mom. We had just switched over to Uma for her, which was going great until mid phone call, everything dropped. And of course, that meant that Xfinity went down. Not a common occurrence anymore. Used to be a little bit more. But I logged into my parents' account to see when they expected the disruption to be over and to make sure that it was in the system, otherwise would have reported that. And then I looked at their bill and went, you know, they can do better. So I did the same thing I did for myself about a week or so ago and got their bill split in half. A very easy process once again, although there were more questions this time, and I'll give you a little hint here too. If you're doing this on Xfinity for a family member, go into the account first, click on users, and add yourself as a user, and that way Comcast has no problem talking to you rather than the person whose name's on the bill. Of course, this means all you have to have is the username and password of the account. And you can pretty much do whatever you want because I forgot about the whole user thing. I had done this once before when dealing with an account for another relative. And Comcast is like, well, it would be if you were on the account. I'm like, oh, we'll just hold on one second. And I just added myself, which is not really the greatest security. But the bottom line here is the getting a lower price. Fairly easy. They ask more questions this time because unlike me who is on the highest of the internet plans because I need all the speed and the upload to be able to get you all these podcasts. My parents are on the lowest end, which now is 50 megabits per second down and 10 up, I believe, which is pretty decent. Unless you're doing multiple video streams and all that, it is perfectly fine and they can get by with that and lowered their bill from like 50 something bucks to like 30 bucks. So I thought that was good. Again, if you haven't tried this, you go to Twitter. I mean, I know Twitter is bad, but if you're on Twitter anyway, this may be the one good use. Contact Xfinity support. Don't tell them I sent you or they may never give me another deal, but go to them and very simply just be like, hey, I saw this promo in my area for new users. Can I get it? And they'll probably ask you a few questions like, do you want their free streaming box? Do you need more? Do you want a better plan, a more expensive plan? But if you assure them 
that what you need is the plan you currently have, you'll most likely get the better price. Now, the main story I'm going to be talking about today harkens back, it seems, to things I've been talking about a lot recently here, and most likely on Unrelenting, a show I do with Gene Neftuliev, which you can find at unrelenting.show, and on Planet Rage, a show that I do with Larry Blydner that is available at planetrage.show. On the most recent episode of Planet Rage, Larry brought a clip along with a very astute observation about how I am normally, I mean, okay, I'm maybe baseline, always a little angry, but I really ratcheted up when it comes to stories about parents being stupid, especially giving young children access to the internet. And I said, it's really, it's amazing you bring that up because one, you're absolutely right. And I don't know why it is because I don't have kids. And maybe that's why that it, it upsets me so much that I see parents that go, you're an idiot. And I know people will be like, well, you don't have kids. How do you know? It's like, well, I know because I can see what's going on. I know the effect that social media has on people of an adult age, whatever an adult is today. Seems like 30s a kid now. I don't know. But I first started ranting on this on this particular podcast back in episode three with a podcast all about privacy. So this was pretty early in the podcast run and things only seem to be getting worse. And everything that I have warned about, including kids being on social media, especially young girls using their real name, posting suggestive content and then wondering when the psychos are going to show up at your front door. Well, this happened to a girl that is 15 years old on TikTok with 1.2 million followers on TikTok. And a 18-year-old became obsessed with her, traveled across the country with a shotgun, blasted his way through her front door into her home before the father of the girl ended up killing this kid. Now, it's a very interesting story on so many different levels because this is going to become more and more the norm, I believe, which is we used to live in a society where you had certain people that were famous, but the famous people, we've made the jokes a long, long time now. People like Taylor Swift need security. Taylor Swift, once she hit it big, had a second apartment connected to hers in New York, where her New York apartment was for her security detail, which was ex-military, ex-secret service, I believe, and rightfully so, but that's Taylor Swift. Now, all of the girls that are posting on TikTok and Instagram or whatever site they want to be on, when you get an obsessed fan, you don't really have the Taylor Swift security. You don't have Secret Service looking out for you. In this case, this 15-year-old girl in Florida, luckily her father was an ex-New Jersey police lieutenant who was able to protect the family. Most people, not so much. And this is where the social media stuff gets really scary really quick. 
Now, I said 1.2 million followers on TikTok, according to an article in the New York Times, and I don't know how they figured this out, but according to an article from the New York Times, the once great newspaper, now disgraced newspaper, said 75% of this girl's followers are male. And that doesn't really surprise me because what do you think TikTok is when it's mainly short little 15 second videos of girls dancing around in various states of dress or undress? This is not a shock to anybody. I don't know who they think is watching, and I don't know what they think the end result is. I guess for this girl, whose name is Ava Majury, M A J U R Y, It was making money, and I guess she's making decent money doing little ads and stuff for different companies, and that is a lot of what this article talked about, but it's a very slippery slope here when you're balancing off safety and privacy and all of those sorts of things. Now, reading this New York Times article, I am hoping that this family has moved from this particular residence. Part of the story is that the homeowners association in the area asked them to leave because of this event, because they used social media, which brought a stalker to their door, which again is a slippery slope there. Can you tell somebody to not live in the neighborhood because they're using social media and being successful at it? But the story from the New York Times breaks it down, saying that in early 2020, Ava noticed one fan, Eric Justin 111, trying to get her attention in comments on TikTok. He messaged her on Snapchat and on Instagram and turned up an online game she was playing. So, okay, Stalker 101 trying to get attention in any way that he can. The article says that she responded to him a few times because that's just how she replies to her fans. So I don't know, again, what the right answer here is, except probably not to give your kid access to a phone at 13, 14, and 15 and have them get on TikTok. Of course, everybody's going to say, well, you're just a hater because she's on, she's having fun, she's making money. And that's rightfully so, but you have to then understand what this can possibly bring, which in this case it did. On July 10th last year, when this kid, Eric Rohan Justin, 18 years old of Ellicott City, Maryland, arrived in Florida with a shotgun at their home, blew open the front door. I guess luckily his weapon jammed. The father gave chase. The kid got away, but then came back. By this time, the father, who was a retired police lieutenant, had his gun, was ready, and killed the kid when he came back. Now, this is an absolutely horrifying event. And the girl's parents originally said, after this happening, you need to get off the social medias. And she pleaded with them, no. And they have relented. And she is still on TikTok and other social media platforms now, starting to talk about what has happened Her father said, quote, her creations, her contacts, her videos became such a big part of her that to take it away would have been hard. Okay, I get that. But was her safety not important? 
Is her safety not important? It would have been hard. And do you not maybe think there's a problem that your daughter's whole identity is posting videos to TikTok and with an audience of mainly males who knows what age? Ava's mother says, quote, we chose what's best for our family. We know there are going to be two sides and some people won't understand. Well, I understand. I think you made the wrong choice. I understand you chose. We'd like the money the daughter's bringing in. She wants to do it. So hopefully the next time somebody shows up and blows a hole through their front door with a shotgun that the father doesn't get killed. And then whatever is going to happen to little Ava and anybody else in the house happens to them. I would highly recommend they up their security game. And again, this New York Times article says where they moved from in New Jersey. It tells you what the father did. It tells you what the mother's job is. It tells you their ages. It tells you what subdivision this happened in. And I'm wondering if that's not a really bad idea to give that much information. And again, I hope that they are no longer in that location because this article details in very specific details what happened when this deranged 18-year-old boy came to their door and talked about how Ava's bedroom's right off the front door and the parents' bedroom's way in the back of the house. That's information I would not want on a major news publication if I was that family and still living in that particular house. I mean, I get both sides of this. I get that the internet can be a great tool and that for people that are making money by being on social media, it seems like a really great thing, I'm sure. But nobody wants to talk about the negative aspects of this. Well, not nobody. We've been doing it a lot. But these parents, I don't know if they quite understand what's going to happen to their daughter. If by the time she hits 17, 18, maybe something happens and all of a sudden those 1.2 million followers, they're onto something else. And she's got nothing left. There's going to be a depression there. There's going to be a really big hole there because you allowed your daughter to feel her whole self worth is based upon how many men are watching her on TikTok. This story of this 18 year old kid is just bizarre. Because after contacting her, she ended up selling him a few photos, which seems a little bit odd. I mean, I know there's only fans for that, but not a 15-year-old girl. I mean, if she gets to be 18 and she wants to do that, then legally she can. Up until then, her parents should have some say of what's going on. But the girl's really happy that she's done promotions for things like tooth whitening products. The NFL, which congratulations, NFL. She says, I quote, I have three TikTok accounts so I could have one brand come to me and be like, oh, I'll do a thousand dollars for one video on your main account. And I'll be like, oh, great. I have two other accounts that are different types of people on there. Ava said in an interview, quote, so altogether, I'm making seventeen hundred dollars off just my name because I opened up three accounts rather than just building off of one. So obviously she's a capitalist and that's good. 
But I hope she realizes, and I don't know how you don't, after somebody shows up at your door with a shotgun and blows your door open trying to get to you, that the money may not be worth it. The money may not be worth it. And the parents have to realize, I guess, that at some point there's nothing they can do to protect their children from this kind of stuff. At some point, I'm assuming Ava's going to go off to college. And anything could happen at that point, but you have to be careful. The internet is full of a lot of crazy people, and you never know who is going to target somebody. And this, having this much exposure on something like TikTok, just invites this kind of a thing to happen. Now, the thing that I want to point out to all parents out there is it's not just the girls with 1.2 million followers that are at risk of this. You might have two followers, and if it's the wrong one, this could happen. So be aware of this, and as we've pointed out in the past, do not use your real name. With that also means, though, do not friend anybody that you actually know on those accounts, because that's an easy way for people to get to your real identity. Or to get into contact with people you know. And that is exactly what this 18-year-old that showed up with the shotgun did. He started contacting people that went to school with this girl, offering money for other photos of her. And it seems that some of her classmates even sold her phone number to the guy, which is how he started calling and texting her. And it's not a good thing. He started sending some more nefarious messages to one of the friends or classmates. I guess you wouldn't call this guy a friend because he's now in court over stalking this girl too. And the kid gave some information. And once this 18 year old start really coming back with some stranger stuff, asking the kid if he had a gun and they could just go in and blow the door off the house. Well, that's when he got a little spooked and shared these texts with Ava, who shared them with the parents, who, of course, law enforcement, all this. And uh, the father said, well, you know, he's in another state. This is just a keyboard cowboy, I think was what the father said. And obviously, no, the kid wasn't a keyboard cowboy. He came across country with his gun to do whatever he was going to do. Nobody really knows for sure. And I guess we're lucky again that the father in this case was an ex-police officer who was able to defend his family and able to defend his daughter. Now, this kid that showed up with the shotgun was carrying two cell phones with him that contained thousands of photographs of the girl and hundreds of hours of her videos, which is kind of hard to do when the videos are like 15 seconds long. But this is the picture of an obsessed fan, somebody that is completely deranged. And it would be nice if the world did not contain these individuals, but it does. So while you can say, hey, we're not going to let the crazies win, I'm going to let my daughter post whatever she wants on social media. The other side of that is something really bad may happen to your daughter or your son or whoever. And you have to understand that. Again, it doesn't take up 1.2 million followers. And you have to understand there are people out there 
I mean, if you thought Jeffrey Epstein was bad, there's guys 10 times worse than him that you're never going to hear of that are using these sites as a catalog to find what they want. Because if you're online, there's a really good chance the person's going to be able to find you. Which again, if you don't use your real name, we got off track there a little bit. You can't friend your friends because if your friends use their real name, then they're going to be easy to find. And whatever account you're using under whatever name, they're going to be able to find that. It is really a slippery slope. It is really a bad idea to have any connection to the real world in your social media. Now, when you're an old, ugly guy like me, it's a little different. I'm 6'6", about 300 pounds. I can take care of myself. And within arm's distance right now of doing this show, there are multiple pistols that are ready in case somebody comes through the front door. Now, this is something if you're going to be on social media, if you're going to be one of these 15-year-old girls and your dad doesn't have a gun, you may want to get one. Your mom may want to get one. They may want to start teaching you how to use one at an early age so you can protect yourself in case you're home alone when the psychotic stalker shows up at your front door with a shotgun and blows his way in. Have we scared you enough yet if you're a parent? I hope we have. So you know what's going on, so you can make an informed choice. It's really no different than the COVID vaccines. You should be able to make your choice. You should be able to understand the data, understand the risks, and then make the decision that's right for you. For some people, I guess it's going to be the right decision to let your child be in harm's way because they're making enough money to make it worth your while. I don't know how much money there is that would make that worth their while. But if they understand what they're doing and the daughter understands what she's doing, then okay, I guess you have that right to do that. I think it's a stupid decision. And they're currently dealing now with the classmate that sold her phone number, that got the concerning text about, hey, do you have a gun? You want to go shoot up her house? You want to go get her? Now, this kid had been following her around school, allegedly. So there's now a stalking charge out against him or a case. They're trying to prove this. I'm trying to figure out what following somebody around school actually means because when I was in high school, you didn't really have time between classes to follow anybody. You had time to get from class A to class B. So I don't really understand what this story is all about quite yet, but there is no doubt that this girl's social media profile has caused her family a lot of heartache, a lot of fear. And the decision that they're making, I hope, does not turn out to be a horrible decision. The New York Times article says Ava is still on social media with her parents' support. Mrs. Madjuri said she did not want, quote, sick individuals to force Ava off the platform, saying, quote, why should we allow them to stop her? Maybe she's meant to bring awareness to this. One. She's brought awareness to this. There's an article in the New York Times, and it's been covered by more YouTube channels than I can count and a bunch of major network news, it appears. So awareness now has been brought, Mrs. Medjury. That is a bunch of crap if you're saying that's why you're doing this. Why should you allow 
the sickos to stop her for her well-being. So she does not get hurt. That would be why. That, and I'm not sure this family understands that at this point, but I don't know how you don't because somebody showed up at their door with a shotgun, blew the front door open, and almost got to their daughter. So I don't understand it. The article also says that the girl Ava has not told her followers what happened. That has now changed. She has posted things on her accounts, but she says, quote, I don't want it to go out negatively and people think I attracted him. Well, you did attract him, Ava. You did. And you're going to attract more. It's not your fault, but it's the way the whole Internet works. People are going to see you and go, wow. That's a cute girl. I'm interested. If the guy's a little nuts in the head, you don't know what he's going to do. Or girl, I mean, I really shouldn't genderify. Genderify that. It could go either way. She seems like a smart girl because she says her greater worry is that other troubled people will, quote, make it a contest to see who can get here first. I mean, that is horrifying that a 15-year-old girl has this in her mind that the internet has basically turned into a shooting gallery of people like, hey, let's see if you can get Ava. She acknowledged that sometimes at night trying to fall asleep after this incident, saying, quote, I think I don't want to do this anymore. But by morning, I thought of all the benefits, all that money, all the people she's gotten to meet. I don't know, Ava. Think about it. I mean, the money's great. The fame is great. Being able to meet famous people, I'm sure that's great, too, although I'm guessing most are probably a letdown. The bottom line is, is it worth your life and well-being? And if it is, that's the choice that you've made. And again, hopefully this does not turn into a bigger tragedy. Her father interjected at the end saying it's like Christmas every day because then you see it build. I think we just had to allow her to make a decision and sort of support her. I think it's going to help her heal. It sounds corny, but I don't know what else you would do it for. Well, okay, again, you have to know what putting yourself out there on social media is going to attract. You cannot keep the psychos away. You cannot keep people who want to do you harm from viewing your content and it's a very scary site tiktok not something i'm subscribed to don't have an account i know bandrew does bandrew scott you have a tiktok account throwing those boxes on tiktok and by the way for bandrew is probably the only one interested in this if he's listening using the sm7b today instead of the re20 but tiktok if you go and look at this and i did you find a bunch of profiles, look at them, mainly girls, and look at the amount of views on each particular posting. A cute girl, no matter what she's doing, is going to get a decent amount of views. But if you look at then that page of that person and see, well, look, this one has 5,000 views. Well, that's just her face. Now, if she's dancing, well, then that's more views. If she's dancing in a revealing outfit, that's more views. Almost every one of these, if you look at it, it's not hard to figure out the formula on what is getting views 
why people are watching. And parents, just be aware of that. TikTok is not just something your daughter or son is doing with their friends. It is not something that is private. Now, you can make your videos private, but then you can't make the money. Then you're not going to get famous. And it's very rare to find any content that is private on that platform. So one more time, I implore you, parents, pay attention to what your children are doing on social media and do everything that you can to keep them safe. Now, on the aspect of keeping everybody safe, I know there's a lot of people out there who have all sorts of different opinions on the COVID stuff and on the vaccines and all of that. But I saw my doctor yesterday and I was intrigued by something that he told me because I went by his recommendation. And when I got my second J&J shot was right about the normal time that I would get my yearly flu shot. Yeah, I'm one of the people that goes and normally gets the flu shot. But he said, you know, I would recommend spacing those out. I know the CDC says it's safe. Don't want to spread disinformation here. My doctor said, if you can spread those out, the flu vaccine with the J&J vaccine. So I did. I just never got around to getting the flu shot. I mean, I rarely leave the house. I'm a podcaster. If I'm not at home, I'm not happy. But I was at the doctor and he's like, well, do you want the flu shot? And I'm like, ah, I don't know. I mean, it's almost the end of flu season, right? And he's like, well, you know, it still goes through like May. He's like, it's rare to get the flu going here before December. So you're kind of right in the middle of flu season. And he said something that I was unaware of. He's like, you're not going to see this talked about in most places. But the flu shot is actually helping with severe results from COVID-19. And I get it. That makes very little sense. And he's right. I had not heard that anywhere. But being a podcaster, I'm like, this is content. I went home and looked it up. I found an article on the Science Daily website that says the study titled Examining the Potential Benefits of the Influenza Vaccine Against SARS-CoV-2, a retrospective cohort analysis of 74,754 patients was published in a peer-reviewed scientific journal, PLOS-1, on August 3rd. Now, it basically took a bunch of patient data and spread those out to look at who had comorbidities, what they did across different age ranges, different genders, to see if there was a difference in the severity of COVID in people that got it based upon people who had the flu shot or did not have the flu shot. It says members of the first study group had received the flu vaccine two weeks and six months prior to being diagnosed with COVID-19. Those that were in the second group also had a positive COVID-19 diagnosis, but were not ones that had taken the flu shot. The incidence of 15 different adverse outcomes were then looked at, and what they found out was that the flu shot significantly reduced people showing up in the ICU with COVID, like 20% more likely if they did not have the flu shot. 
This was irregardless of whether they had a COVID vaccination or not. Not having the flu shot made people about 58% more likely to visit an emergency room, up to 45% more likely to develop sepsis, up to 58% more likely to have a stroke, and up to 40% more likely to have deep vein thrombosis, among other things. It did say the risk of death was not reduced, which is something I don't understand. So if you're keeping people from getting strokes and sepsis, I would think that on its own would keep people from dying. But I thought this was a very interesting thing on how the body works, being able to produce things to fight all sorts of different viruses and things that will invade your immune system. The fact that the flu shot seems to be offering some protection against severe COVID-19 is really interesting. And you have to wonder why this isn't being talked about because flu shots are way more available than COVID, especially in poorer countries. And if this study is true, and I would, like I'm sure all of you, like to see multiple studies, more information on this. But if this is anywhere near accurate, then simply giving people flu shots could decrease the overall carnage from COVID-19. And that would be a good thing. I mean, maybe the flu shots are too plentiful and nobody's making enough money on them. It certainly wouldn't be a surprise. Always follow the money. So this will be an interesting story to follow, and we will follow it for you. I doubt you've heard this anywhere else, which is why you're listening to the Random Thoughts podcast. We are looking out for you. Now, in a sad note, back when I was a baseball fan in 1983, especially I was 13, the Chicago White Sox had their first really killer year of my existence. They made the playoffs and I was there for the clinching game where Julio Cruz came running across home plate to win the game, setting off just elation in the crowd. People ran on the field. Things went absolutely crazy that night on the south side of Chicago. Julio Cruz, sadly, yesterday on 2-22-22, passed away of cancer at the age of 67. He only spent four years here with the Chicago White Sox, but he was a guy that brightened up any room, was always a whole lot of fun, always a whole lot of energy, and he will certainly be missed. 1983 Rookie of the Year, Ron Kittle, who lives just down the road from me, posted a story from 1983 when he was a rookie and said that they were in New York and Julio Cruz was the player of the game and for whatever reason was awarded a gift certificate for one of the nice restaurants in New York. And he asked Ron Kittle if he wanted to go with him. Now, if you know anything about the legendary Ron Kittle. He loves to eat. And he's a big guy like me, so he can do some damage. They went out to the restaurant, Kittle and Julio Cruz. And according to Ron Kittle, they ate just about everything they could get their hand on. 
steak, lobster, whatever it was. When the bill came, Julio Cruz gave the gift certificate. The waiter walks away, comes back and says, uh, sir, this is not for this restaurant. Julio Cruz was then mortified because he did not have any cash or credit cards with him. Kittle picked up the bill and said to show you what kind of a guy Julio Cruz was. And this being back in 1983 in New York City, I mean, things are expensive now, but this for two of them, 1983 New York City dinner, over $500 for two. So Kittle paid the bill. I mean, you know, rookies still made some decent money back then. He paid the bill and said for the next 10 years, Julio Cruz once a year gave him a new $250 Louis Vuitton wallet and for the first five years had a $100 bill in it. Kittle thought that was hilarious. He's like, I didn't pay the bill because I wanted to be paid back. But that just showed you the big heart that Julio Cruz had. And he is a guy that I will always remember fondly from his time here with the Chicago White Sox. Our condolences go out to all of his family and friends. He will be missed. I want to thank everybody for listening to another edition of the Random Thoughts podcast, giving your time, listening, hopefully getting some value out of the show. We do work on the value for value model, which means we put the shows out there. If you get any value out of them whatsoever, put a number on it. Go to randomthoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com slash donate. Click that donate button. Use one of the QR codes or wallet addresses to do the crypto thing. Or use the P.O. Box address to go snail mail. And if you're using a podcasting 2.0 app, you can boost right now. You can stream some sats my way. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to newpodcastapps.com. We do have a couple people to thank today for their support. Both are monthly donations and both are very much appreciated. Coming in at $15, our buddy Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley. Very much appreciated. And Johnny Bravo coming in with the Satanic 666 donation. But that's only because it's split among a few shows. I mean, I don't think Johnny Bravo's trying to send us the Satanic thing that Stu Coates is doing, but you never know. It's all very much appreciated. You put the number out there that means something to you. And we appreciate everybody that supports the show in all sorts of different ways. We're coming up on four years of random thoughts. And again, I keep blaming Larry Blinder because he's the one that said, do a solo show. And I was like, I don't know, Larry, I'm pretty shy. I don't know if I could just talk by myself. Yeah, that's a lie. The Blarney Stone, I didn't kiss it. To be fair, if I would have kissed the Blarney Stone, these shows would be like twice as long. And then I would have to say thank you twice as much for listening. But it is all very much appreciated. I will be back next week on Wednesday for another edition of the Random Thoughts Podcast. But until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening. 